What's going on, everyone? It's Travis Brown here at The Eagle uh, alongside Robert Cessna, sports editor of The Eagle. This is a, this is a, 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 a sister podcast because we got our sister paper, uh, the Opelika Auburn News, uh, and, and Adam Cole, their Auburn reporter on with State to talk a little bit about what we got going on in this Texas A&M-Auburn matchup. Adam, what's going on, man? Not much, man. It's uh, just another another busy day here on the Plains. Uh, got a new AD introduced this morning and just kind of a tip of the iceberg of the last week or so here. Um, but yeah, now a little lull in the day for sure. <laughs> it's been a busy day, busy season for y'all uh, all season with everything going on. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start with a little bit what, what was said, what was the uh, the background on the new AD today uh, and, and setting a stage for, for what's going on there with that? Um, so, so John Cohen, who was the AD at Mississippi state for the last seven years, um, he was the head baseball coach there for about eight years, seven seasons, and he played baseball there too. So a lot of deep roots there. Um, but he, he has come over to Auburn and was introduced, uh, for the first time today. Um, and honestly was, uh, you know, as, as far as ADs go and I'm, I'm pretty new to AD hires, but I, I was pretty impressed. He, um, it was interesting, his opening statement, he flipped he kind of flipped the phrase, just Auburn being Auburn. Um, a lot of folks refer to that as, as Jabba around here, the acronym. Um, but he kind of flipped it on its head, and, and he talked about, you know, I, as though that that statement's referred to just kind of blunders in the past. He thinks it refers to a lot of the, the special things that, that go on around um, around this town with the athletic department and with the school. And, and so I, I was pretty impressed by that and just sort of the way he talked about everything. Um, you know, he's got a lot, uh, I guess, that he's looking for in a, in a football hire uh, for head coach. Uh, he had a 58-point list is what he said. He pulled out a piece of paper and kind of showed it real quick. But, um, you know, a, a lot going on for him, for sure, as he enters this job. And um, But I think Auburn certainly got somebody that they were looking for in terms of uh, a sitting AD with SEC experience and um, a lot of connections and you look at the you look at the names that come out of that athletic department too. Scott Strickland, Greg Byrne, um, you know, they were both at Mississippi State before they wound up at, at Florida and Alabama, respectively. So I think Auburn got their guy. Um, and yeah, just kind of another step in terms of, of moving forward post Alan Green, Brian Harson, and, and all that jazz. Right. And so moving forward, his next job down the line is going to be to uh, solidify a, a permanent head football coach. What is the Reader's Digest version of, of the, the Brian Harson saga uh, this year leading up to, to his firing and, and the coaching situation as it stands now heading into this game? Oh, man, so you look at um, I, you look at let's start with let's start with Harson. Um, I, I think everyone kind of looks at last February. Um, you know, I mean, I, I got hired here in, in March and, and got settled in in April and that was a lot of what I saw, but as, as we progressed through this season and you look back at the end of last year, um, things regressed on the field under Harson. Um, and there's, there's no arguing that. Um, and in turn to the, the recruiting efforts just kind of fell incredibly flat. And, um, you know, I, I also don't think that you can really argue with the fact that it's pretty hard to recruit after what happened in February, but, um, just from a lot of, you know, some of the stuff that was reported, um, a lot of the rumblings are just that, you know, there wasn't a lot of effort put into recruiting um, across the board. Um, and so, you know, I mean, it, it makes enough sense that that Auburn eventually moved on from him. I, I was thinking about 
the game that, that we'll talk a bit about later, I'm sure, between Auburn and AM and how, you know, at the start of the year, I would imagine a lot of folks expected that Auburn might have a different head coach when when AM uh, got to Auburn on its schedule. And, and of course, that's that's very much the case. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as as far as moving on from him, I think that was pretty expected. Um, looking at now, you've got Cadillac Williams in the interim role. Um, I think that was as far as looking at interims, him, um, Zach Etheridge, who is the uh, associate head coach and defensive backs coach. Um, I think those were probably the two most likely candidates. And so they went with somebody who was pretty expected. And um, you look at this Saturday, I, I think it's a, I think it's going to be a battle of the momentums, so to speak. And I think Auburn has a lot of momentum going for it right now. Um, you get united behind somebody who's kind of a program legend and um, they looked a lot better. Uh, last week in Starkville than they have really all season. Um, they improved in the second half, which uh, was not their forte under Harson. Um, and if they can put it together for for four quarters, we'll we'll see what happens. But I think Auburn's riding a lot of momentum right now um, under somebody who is is pretty well regarded um, in that that program and in the athletic department. See, since we're sharing content here with the uh, the Opelika Auburn News and the the Auburn Faithful. Let, let's let's set the stage for where Texas A and M is now heading into this game as well. Well, it's kind of strange because I was going to ask him. I wondered what the expectations were when you know you've already a lot of people in Auburn probably have gone to men's basketball since they're ranked with what Bruce Pearl has done. Everybody wants to know who the next coach is, but yet you've got two struggling teams that are trying to stay out of last place in the West. And I think it's more important for A and M because obviously. It wouldn't appear Jimbo Fisher's going anywhere, but it's just been nothing but tr- bad luck for for A and M because of injuries, because of the flu. Uh, here they are riding a five game losing streak. They've lost, you know, they're in danger. It could be six. Uh, they if they lose, they're not ball eligible. It's kind of doom and gloom. And now you're going as he, he just talked about. Everybody likes Cadillac Williams. They didn't fold against Mississippi State. I noticed. They're a little bit like AM. They haven't played a lot of home games. They played like one home game since like October 1st. I was reading probably on you guys' site about there'll probably be people be excited that they're home, the Cadillac Williams. So I think AM's walking into a tough situation because you'd like to think, I think he's right. I said that Auburn would have a new coach, an interim coach by the time they went there, but you thought that maybe they would hit rock bottom and just be all over. But they're hitting, you know, Auburn, at, I think, at the worst possible time because I think they might get what, one of Auburn's best efforts of the year. Yeah, uh, of course, A&M had, came in with that number one recruiting class in the nation this last year, and uh, expectations were high. Started out with Haynes King. That didn't really go well. Moved on to Max Johnson at quarterback. Uh, he got injured, uh, went back to King, and then went to, to the true freshman, Connor Wigman, who is expected to start uh, this weekend. So the quarterback situation has been bad. One of the worst run defenses in the country. Uh offense that has sputtered it just hasn't been a, a great look for the Aggies this year and as he, as he mentioned Auburn's been a bad second half team so is a and I mean a and was winning 24-20 last week and didn't add one more point so I, I think he hit the nail on the head it's going to be a game of momentum because I feel if A&M would ever get some momentum I thought they actually took momentum to the locker room at halftime rarely but they, they didn't come out they just didn't do anything in the second half I think 
Aggie fans are hoping Wegman does show up and is healthy in play because that might give them a lift because A&M needs a lift right now. They're going to play a team that I think is getting a lift by having a home game. But they're playing for nothing. But anytime you've got Alabama, your rival at the end, I'm sure Auburn feels they do have something to play for at the end of this because, you know, Alabama is beatable. Heck, Auburn should have beat them last year. Maybe Harson's still there. So I think both these teams have a lot to play for. Number one, you don't want to be remembered as, thankfully, Vanderbilt was there or else you'd be the worst team in the league. Because right now they're battling. The loser will probably be the worst team in the league next to Vanderbilt, where you don't want to be. Adam, uh, we talked a little bit there about AM's run defense being uh, just not great this year, getting run all over. Uh, Tank Bigsby, good running back, one of the better ones in the conference. How has Auburn's running offense looked uh, in what might be a, a key matchup in this game this weekend? It's been – it's funny talking about the Auburn offense because it felt like all the way through, um, I guess, really the the Georgia game, it, it, it almost didn't feel like a conversation you could really have because the offensive line had just played so poorly that uh, they couldn't generate. And then um, they go to Oxford and there's a spark of life and – uh, I think they totaled like 301 rushing yards, which was the first time that's happened in a couple of years. And, um, you know, it was a reminder that like, okay, like, you know, Tank Bigsby is is very much the real deal. You might've forgotten because he didn't have an offensive line that could seem capable of blocking for him, but he's legit. Jarquez Hunter, um, to me, is right there with him. And then you've got a freshman in Damari Alston who um, I think will will blossom into a running back of a similar vein. And then you've got a guy in Robbie Ashford who we watched him all through fall camp. And quite frankly, like he was the most exciting. He was the most fun to watch. He had the most intrigue because he brought you so much. And he is, he's a mold of, of college quarterback that is so, I guess you'd say prized, um, commodified. He's a commodity in that sense that he can run and um, he's got a really strong arm. Um, and so I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes on in terms of, of the ground game. And it seems like the offensive line has cleaned it up to an extent. Um, Austin Troxel starting right tackle went down with a season ending injury in Starkville. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I think they ran for 257 yards um, in, in Starkville. So they should be able to generate um, if, if they've got enough time to kind of settle into everything, which uh, Cadillac talked about a lot this week. He talked about, you know, we've got a week now where we've, we've kind of gone through it as a staff. And so we'll, we'll be able to get these guys right. So I think that'll be big. Um, and we'll see what that does for, um, you know, beyond, beyond it in terms of, of offensive success. Cause Ashford, I know I said he had a strong arm and he does, but he's, he's, he's shown some accuracy issues too. Um, and so if they can, if they can get it going on the ground and, and create space and, and get them into a situation where they can have it going on full cylinders, I, I really do kind of think that, you know, Auburn, I think Auburn has its best chance this weekend of, of maybe any it's had all year. Yeah. I was wondering, do you think they'll run more RPOs with Ashford? Cause I, you're right. I saw Cal like Williams said, they'd have a week to prepare and mobile quarterbacks have really hurt A&M the last few years. So, um, the one thing that Cadillac also talked about was simplicity. Um, and, <laughs> that's that's interesting. Know, that's funny. Okay. As, as far as what that means, uh, it'll be interesting to see. But um, I think I think if they can get it clicking, I don't see why they wouldn't. Because Ashford, it, it kind of cracks me up. He's he's uh, he's someone who it seems like the best offense for them sometimes comes when he makes stuff work on a broken play. 
Um, you know, there were a lot of screens last week that were clearly, clearly set up clean design and he just overthrows tank Bigsby. Um, and so, you know, I feel like, like plays like RPO, if, if they can set him up in a situation where, where they create with some deeper routes and stuff like that, I, I think that could bode well for them. But, um, I think it's just a matter of, of, of getting everything sort of established in the first place. They didn't really do that in Starkville. It didn't kick in until after intermission, but like, if, if they can actually get the time to, to settle in and get it going right off the bat, then I absolutely think that, um, you know, I don't, I don't see why they couldn't blossom into that, so to speak against A&M. What's the vibe around the fan base? Because I know you, you hit rock bottom usually right before you fire the coach. The coach has been fired. You're moving on. There, there's, there's new steps in another direction. Where is kind of the fan base in this? And what kind of vibe do you expect to see uh, in the stadium this weekend? Because I, I feel like with A&M, they're, they're still on the, the downslope right now. They haven't really hit that bounce back. We talked a little bit about that mm-hmm. after the game uh, last weekend. What, what, what kind of vibe do you feel like will be in the stadium? Um, I would say almost uh, a relief, a, a refresh. <laughs> I think coming into the year, a lot of people expected, as we've said, Harson to be gone at some point. And it looked like as early as, you know, I mean, there was a case after the Missouri win that you could fire Brian Harson um, just for the way that that game went. The LSU game, similar vein. Georgia was a slaughtering, and and I think a lot of people expected that move to happen then because you go right into a bye week after Georgia, um, and so you know you get that one out of the way, and then you know the guys can go win for whoever their interim is between Zach or Caddy um, in the next one, and it just it was like week after week it just didn't happen, um, and so I think now that it's it's finally uh, you know the ball has dropped, I, I think I think there's an excitement and a buzz. Um, and I think that's heightened by having a guy like Caddy as your interim. Um, and to be able to come home, I, it's funny, Justin Lee was um, our boss here, our, our sports editor uh, and deputy editor here at the OA. Um, he was saying the other night, he was like, this is probably going to be the most anticipated um, game for a three and five team in the country uh, in, in a long time. And so I, I think he's right in that. And, you know, we talk about Jordan Hare magic. Um, we haven't really seen it much this year. It was maybe there for the first few minutes of the Penn State game and the first half of the LSU game. And I, I think it'll be on full display this weekend um, because I think fans are, are really excited. And um, as far as making it to a bowl, it's kind of a fat chance because you got to go through Tuscaloosa and Alabama at the end of the year. But if they can win this one and, and then beat Western Kentucky, I mean, you know, they're, they're right there knocking on the doorstep with that big test at the end. But um, they, they got to get through this one first to get to that point. And I think fans know that. And I think fans are are eager and excited to see what happens. You know, you mentioned simplicity of offense. A lot of people want to see Jimbo do that on, on this side of, of the podcast. But I'm also interested. I, I feel even in a short time, teams reflect their coach, his personality. So is Cadillac Williams, is, is he a uh, gambling-type guy? Is, is, he, is he more a cerebral guy? Or, you know, how would you describe him? It, um, that's a good question. Cause it's admittedly like, you know, still pretty fresh to Cadillac, the head coach. Mm-hmm. And I think for him, this first week or so has been, um, I can't think of the right word for it, but like just a lot, I guess would be maybe the broadest way to put it. Um, and, and it's been, it's been interesting to watch him kind of, he almost seems reflective in the way that he answers like your questions and just talking about everything. But I think that Right now, his goal is just kind of carrying the short term um, and, and just making sure that things are, are as good as possible, like like day to day. And so 
I don't know that he's necessarily a gambler. I don't know that he's that intensive of a play caller. Um, and I mean, on, on top of that, you know, I mean, he's got, he's got two guys in, in Ike Hilliard and Will Friend who, if I'm right, haven't been offensive coordinators before who are suddenly his offensive coordinators. Um, and so I think he's, I think he's very much just at a point where he's trying to lay whatever foundation you can in a short term that gets you the best results possible and, and going from there. And, and I think he's just kind of, I think he's very self-aware of that. I think he's aware that he's learning on the fly and, um, I don't know much about like him in the way of being a gambler. I, I don't know that we'll see much of that for the, for the rest of the year, but I, I think he's just trying to do things, um, I guess as simple as possible, kind of, kind of, as he said, let's close it out on both sides. Cecil, start with you. Texas A&M needs to do these things to be successful this weekend. Have a lot of healthy people. <laughs> simple. If they're, they're healthy, starting with Wegman, I think they have a great chance of winning that game because they showed so much when he was healthy and at quarterback. Uh, same question to you, Adam. Auburn needs to do these things to be successful this weekend. I think start it – like just start hot. Um, I, you know, they, they outscored – or they outscored uh, Mississippi State, excuse me. I want to say it was 21 – or 27-15 in the second half last week. Um, they looked ridiculous up front uh, on defense. Their pass rush was phenomenal. Um, the run game was just firing on all cylinders, but mm. it wasn't enough. Um, you know, I mean, they they lost in overtime, and I mean, had it been two quarters, then yeah, they would have they would have blown them out. Um, but uh, that that wasn't the case, um, and so I think that that's I think that's going to be the biggest thing is is they've got to get it going and they got to get it going early um, if they want a chance and. Uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. They just they they got to get it rolling early. Well, Adam, for the A and M uh, Eagle viewers on this side, can you let everyone know where to find your work and how to find you on social media? Yeah, um, if you guys head to oanow.com, um, you can find all of our Auburn coverage on there. We've got stuff from John Cohen's presser today. We've got stuff from the men's basketball game last night. Uh, we've got stuff from the football availabilities and from Starkville this past weekend. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Cole Reporter. That's my last name, C O L E, and then the word reporter. Um, and then Justin Lee, our deputy editor, who uh, covers a lot of Auburn, covers Auburn women's sports too. Um, you can find him on Twitter at by Justin Lee. Um, yeah. And then for our side, if you want to follow the A&M side, you can go to theeagle.com uh, for the online version of all our A&M stories and content. Uh, at Aggie underscore sports on Twitter and at Travis underscore L underscore Brown on Twitter. Also, Alex Miller, who's helping us produce today. He'll be, uh, he's always around covering A&M stuff. That's at Alex Mill 20 on Twitter. So give us a follow heading into this weekend. Uh, if you are an Eagle viewer, look up some of that OA stuff and get ready for the game this weekend. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for your time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks, everybody, for watching if, or listening. If you're listening on the My Aggie Nation podcast, we'll see you again next week.